Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we start this episode, could you do me a favor? Could you rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts? And also, could you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That's at youtube.com slash by the hood. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy and we start off every show with gratitude. want to say thank you to everybody who supports us. All of the students in By the Hood University, we appreciate all the support as always. Um, this will probably be our, our last podcast of, of 2020, which has been a man a rough year for all of us. But um, we've had a lot of amazing guests and a lot of people who pour into the community. So I want to say thank you guys for all the support you've given us this year. Um, you know, all of our platforms have seen increased traffic over this entire year, our merch, our courses. We can't say thank you enough because it allows us to pour back into our community because that's what we're all about. Um, but, you know, as usual, I got my partner, Crown Corey. I mean, Corey, what's going on, good brother? Hey, you know, every day above ground is a good day. You know, I you know, complaining about life ain't going to make it no better. Yeah. But, you know, this is what we do. Yeah, absolutely, man. And listen, it, you know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who look just like us, who are doing amazing, positive work out in the community. This is a very special episode, man. We have our sister on, someone we've known for, I'm trying not trying to age ourselves, but, uh, you know, over 20 years at this point, man, maybe even 25. 25. Yeah, man. I, come on, man. You ain't got to say that, man. We aging ourselves, man. But this is our sister. And she is doing amazing work now in the Baltimore area. Um, and we make, we want to make sure we highlight her and, and give her her flowers while she's here, man. But we have Nairobi right on Nairobi. How are you? Hey fam. How y'all doing? Oh um, man. Doing amazing, man. First of all, thank you for your time. Um, you know, we definitely appreciate it. And thank you for being willing to come on and share your story. Absolutely. I appreciate the other, that, you know, y'all even thought of me, like I, I, I consider myself like a very small fish in, in the pond. So I appreciate that y'all even, you know, consider me. Listen, you're doing good work, positive yeah, work. The work, and, the work ain't small. And, and the hoodie, and the hoodie speaks for itself. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the, the hoodie speaks for itself. And, and first and foremost, I also just want to say thank you on a personal level while while we have you on sitting in front of our audience because um, man, y'all sisters, man, y'all helped me down. Like you know what I'm saying? Um, when I was going through stuff, you, Ish, Kenya, Lisa, um, you know, all of y'all, like you know, Naja, everybody helped me down. Um, and I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and the same to you. Um, just before we get started, just like as a sidebar, Jimmy, um, I tell this story to everybody at, at my mom's funeral um, back in January. You know, I'm walking out, out the out the funeral and I just first person I see was you like completely <laughs> respect. I haven't seen you in 20 plus yeah. years. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe about 20 years. And I saw you there. I haven't talked to you, you know, um, prior to you know the funeral and mm-hmm. so I saw you just it just meant the world to me to see that you know you took your time out of your day to to show up and, and give me a little me and my family some support absolutely so, and I appreciate that it's all love absolutely yeah so I want to start with that um but yeah um you know like I said we've known each other for a long period of time um tell everybody uh tell our audience about your story where did you grow up um what kind of family did you grow up in and, and all that kind of stuff so um I grew up in in Philly born and raised um uh, interestingly, I, I was born in a Muslim household. My dad was Muslim. Um, I raised for the for the early part of my life um, Muslim, and you know, interestingly enough, 
went to school, went after uh, my mom and dad divorced, went to Catholic school. So just picture this in Catholic school, um, predominantly white Catholic school. My name was Nairobi Abdul Hadi at a Catholic school. <laughs> So um, it was, it was, you know, I'm sure I was an anomaly at the time, but um, kind of grew up in Catholic school. Um, once I got to high school, which is where I met, um, where we all know each other from, I, I started at Central. I was there for about two years, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, was a really, you know, really decent high school, high school in Philly. Um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't pulling my weight. I was, I was cutting up. I didn't know, that I, was, I just wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Doing everything probably I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> you know, you know, adolescence took over, and um, after that, I end up. I, I didn't get kicked out of Central. They just asked me not to return. <laughs> we, got, we got you, got you, got you. Yes, you know. So they um they asked me not to return. Um, and I went to another my neighborhood high school, um, which was Martin Luther King at the time, which was my first time being in an all black school in my life. So that was like really interesting to me. And, you know, it felt different. It felt like a different kind of environment for me. Um, after that, um, graduated, got my act together, honors, graduated and um, left and went to the, the greatest college on the planet Earth, the Mecca. Howard University. Okay, I was I was waiting for you to say it because we all know we all know how you feel about your beloved Howard, right? Oh, um, yeah. So, so um, and I have a, I have a legacy at Howard. Um, both of my brothers went to Howard, so um, you know that's the only school I wanted to go to. Um, in 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 typical Howard form and fashion, they took forever to respond to see if I was you know getting in or not. Um, so then that was the only school I, I applied to. I was like, look, if this don't work. I guess I'll go to the police academy or something. I had no, I had no idea what I was going to do. That was all my eggs were in one basket. But they responded, went to Howard. Um, actually went to Howard for business. Um, mm-hmm. I was a I was a marketing major. Um, because of, why else? Boomerang. You know what I mean? At oh the- man! <laughs> <laughs> to life. It's funny. It's no. It's funny because you're not the first person. I mean, Dev tells me that too. Dev tells me I'm going to marketing because you know. You talk about that all the time. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's crazy because you know we know how you feel about your Howard. I mean, your your, your IG name is Mecca May, right? Thank and the crazy you. part is, I was supposed to go to Howard, but the only reason I went to Lincoln instead was because um more scholarship. To be honest with you, but um yeah, I would actually, I would trade this debt for for anything in the world right now. So I heard that, but let me ask you this question: how 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 did or how has Howard shaped you? Um, you know, it, it honestly, it, it, Howard runs through my veins, like the, just the, the culture, the, the people, the love, the, 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 the brotherhood, the sisterhood, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's by far the greatest experience of, you know, of my life, the greatest period of my life. Um, it's, it's, it, it can't be compared to anything else. Um, and I know I, I sound like I'm, you know, play the violin, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot. <laughs> but seriously, like it's, 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 it's serious. You know, anybody who's going to HBC, you know what it is. Yes. You know? Yes. It's a whole different energy. It's, it feels different. And they always say, you know, you know, it doesn't prepare you for the real world because you're not, you know, you're, you're isolated around only black folks, but that's the only time in our lives that we really got to just relax, get the tension out of my shoulders, just, let me just be, you know, it gives me a chance to just be, I'm around my folks, I'm around my people. 
and I deal with the bullshit once we leave here. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. by far the greatest experience. And if if my kids decide to go to school, I pray that they go to a HBCU, preferably Howard. I'll be highly disappointed if they went to Hampton or something like that. No shit. Oh, oh, I got the oh, little shade of Hampton. <laughs> listen um real quick though so so after leaving howard right um you know I, I know you went into social work right um so first of all what made you go into social work after after being in marketing what made you want to start uh, uh, going to social work so um interestingly um i never i never worked in business at all once i graduated um i I graduated Howard, went immediately into the field. So I think the reason why I, I entered the field of social work is my mom was a sheriff's deputy when um, when she worked for the city of Philadelphia. She was a prison guard and also a sheriff's deputy. And one of her jobs was when children got removed from their homes, um, she was the person to actually go in and remove the children from their homes if they were being neglected or abused. She would remove them from their homes and then place them with Department of Social Services, and then they would get placed wherever they were going to get placed. And I would always ask my mom, like, well, mom, damn, wh what happens to these kids once, once you pull them from their houses? Like, what the hell? What happens to these kids? And, you know, her answer was always, I don't know. I, I never knew what happened. What was the continuum of care once they were removed from their home? And that kind of always stuck with me. Um, and I think that that drove me to the field of social work. I, like I needed the final answer. I needed to know how this played out in life. I needed to know what happened to these kids. I needed to know and ensure that these kids were okay if and when they had to be removed from their home. So I think that was always ingrained in me that I needed I needed those answers. I needed those answers to those questions. Got you. And and you know I always think about that. That I always think about like um being in that space. Mm -hmm. What kind of stuff do you carry with you? Because I'm pretty sure you come across some situations that the average person wouldn't want to see or even hear or deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You know, I've, I've got horror stories, which I'm not going to share now. Yeah, yeah. It's not a place, but, you know, yeah, you, you know, you just see some, some terrible things. Um, and when, you know, when I finished undergrad and went into the field, eventually I realized, okay, I need to get a, I need to get more education because I wanted to be a licensed clinical. So I'm, you know, I wanted all my, all my credentials with it. So I went back to grad school, went back to Howard, um, so I'm a twice bison, not just undergrad, but also grad school. Okay. That student loan debt is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Biden. Come on. <laughs> I knew, I knew the, uh, you know, I'm working in the adjacent field in special education. And so when you work in, you know, I, those stories that you're, that, that you're not telling that I know that you have, I know what those stories look like. Like, so, because the continuum of care also goes through schools, right? So when those kids come from adjudication or they come from those homes, they have to be placed in a school. And I worked in one of those placement schools. I worked in a number of those placement schools mm -hmm. before they can get back into the district. They can't just go from wh whatever situation they were in straight back into the district. Exactly. They have to go through. And then that's when, you know, they would run into somebody like me who was a teacher in one of those spaces. And so, that you know, I commend you because I know I, I know the hard stories because I get them coming back the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, that's that's very commendable work because, man, I could only imagine like the stuff kind of stuff you have to carry with you. You know, so salute to you for that. Um, let's ask. Let me ask you this though. So now you're you're in that space. Um, you're doing your social work. What makes you want to take the foray into becoming a real estate investor and developer now? Because 
You've done some big, and then not only not only have you just jumped into it, you jumped up with some big prize. It's a big project for like you know someone jumping into it. Yeah, what, what, what made one, you jump into real estate? I'm batshit crazy. One, <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no explanation as to why one would do this <laughs> the way that I'm do, the way that I've done it. But um, so you know, I, I you know graduated from um postgraduate school. Well, I'm sorry, from graduate school. Um, and I went into the, you know, field of, uh, I was in mental health and then I went into the field of, um, you know, CFSA, like, um, investigations of, of abuse. And like, I've, I've done all kinds of realms of, and I'm like, okay, this, I can't do this. I can't retire from this. I can't do this until I hit my retirement age. This is, this is a bit heavy and a bit too much for me. So I was, you know, thinking of all kinds of other things. And I've always been interested in real estate. I've always been interested in in rehab and ch changing something that looks really, really bad into something that looks really, really good. Um, so it was kind of a natural progression. I just, you know, did a family home initially. Um, it was a, a, a diamond in the rough. I, I purchased, you know, my family purchased a home that was tra like trashed. It was, it was horrible. But I walked in stayed in it for like two hours and this is our next house. And, it, you know, I saw the vision, put all my sweat equity and work into it, changing it to something extremely beautiful. And I said, you know what, this is what I want to do. So I had that one project that was a family home. And I said, you know what, this, this is something that I want to do and on a larger scale, but also I wanted to incorporate my, my social work background in it because I also wanted to provide amazing living spaces um, for people who, typically don't, aren't afforded those kinds of living spaces. You know, just because mm -hmm. you are low income doesn't mean you have to live in trash. Just because you, you aren't wealthier or, you know, don't make a certain income bracket doesn't mean that you have to live, you know, in the worst possible conditions. So I wanted those two, those two parts of me to kind of come to a, come to a point where I can provide something really, really nice to people who deserve it. Okay, yeah, that's powerful right there. And so you 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 started doing some work in Baltimore, right? Yeah. And that 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 project you did, that was a huge project. How'd you find that deal and um what made you want to take take that up, you know? Um so I I ended up in Baltimore because so I you <laughs> this is the crazy thing. I used to um live in Baltimore years ago. Um purchased my first home in Baltimore in 2007 2000 yeah that that 2000 right before the great recession that reset that 2007 right before the um you know the right the subprime loan explosion you know that, yeah that 2007 and you know full transparency i purchased at the i mean literally i, I feel like the day after i purchased the market tanked <laughs> no, so the, the, like the day after I purchased, I had buyers and more. like, oh my God, what is happening? Um, so I was I was a victim of that. You know, literally lost everything. Literally lost everything. Um, around two thousand like nine, ten, eleven. So I, I don't. I, I try and block out that part of my life. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I was, I was tainted. I was scared to death. Like I was, I was, I was burned by that experience. You know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a tough feeling to lose your home. You know what I mean? Um, so 
that 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 burned me. So eventually, um, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not touching it. I was scared to death of home ownership. I, I was like, I'm not doing this ever again. But um, after several years, eventually things started changing, and then the family home came, and then um, I I, had, I ended up looking back in Baltimore because I couldn't afford DC. DC mm -hmm. is absolutely ridiculous. And oh my I, God! Yeah, DC is out of control right now. I think the median house and um, home price just reached a million dollars in DC. <laughs> yeah, for the median, right? So, <laughs> and, and that's absolutely insane. Like for the median price, right? That's not the crazy part. Is that's not even like the mean. People hear median, they think average. That's not like you know um what median means. Like you know the median means that you take the. Now I want to get into that, but the bottom line is for the median price to be. A million dollars that is absolutely insane there that used to be chocolate city yep no not more no more, not no more. You know, to actually has have seen it to see it like i actually saw a transition from chocolate city to what it is now and to have missed that boat is devastating still to this day whenever i'm like in the city i'm like oh it makes me sick to my stomach to see that you know the hollow ground that people are walking on and have no idea and have no respect for it um but that's another story so because i couldn't afford dc because i couldn't you know move in that market i said okay next best thing is to go to baltimore um really inexpensive properties the there is a need there is a need to to um revamp these communities and these neighborhoods and these blighted buildings there's such a strong need for it so you know i just said let me try it so um i was just looking so okay let's let's go to this very specific deal that um the two properties that i that i purchased they were on the mls it wasn't an auction it wasn't um it wasn't a wholesale deal nothing like that they just happened to be on the mls two adjacent buildings right next door to each other and they were beautiful buildings yeah they were so i looked at it and i said um i said i love i you know i love the way these buildings i love the facade i love everything let's go see it so i got my realtor we went and saw it um and as i tell everybody i did the worst possible thing that i could have done the minute i walked into there which is i fell in love with it and it was just floors <laughs> there were no steps there were no the back wall was missing there was there was nothing there it was it was, it was nothing but this, you know 11 foot ceilings i mean it was just beautiful it was beautiful and i just fell in love the owner he owned both of the properties asking something stupid something astronomical for it mm -hmm. um you know i called my you know i called each who you know I, I don't make a decision financially without at least having a conversation with her like each oh my god what do i do so i called her and you know her her um her common you know advice give them something disrespectful <laughs> 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 Yo, shout out to each. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Something extremely disrespectful on like a tuna fish sandwich on the side. Like something, <laughs> something thank <laughs> So they was like, nah, you tripping. And I said, You're right. <laughs> I probably am. Um, so you know, we negotiated. Um, we negotiated back and forth a little bit, and um, I ended up um negotiating a deal where I would pay, you know, a portion of it. I would, I would finance one, the first one, because I would do a 203K um, finance for that one so that I can do the rehab and not have to, you know, won't be too strapped for cash to finish this. Yeah. So I financed one. I said, okay, I'll give you this amount for this one, finance it. Um, and then I'll throw, 
I'll give you 20 grand cash for the second one. And we ended up coming to the, to an agreement and we ended up getting both of them for less than they wanted one initially. Okay. Nice. 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 And you got yourself a deal right there. Yeah, so I didn't mind paying a little extra, you know, on the, for the, for the finance one. And then, I mean, I, I paid the price period. It's just, I just, you know, negotiated how I, which one paid what, and I wanted to be out of pocket the least amount of cash as possible. And it, got worked, you. it worked out. That's awesome too, because also about it being that big of a deal, once you go through something like that, you probably feel like you could do any building because that's a huge okay. building. Yeah, I mean, I, I I died several times doing that project. <laughs> I'm glad you came back to life, bro. I'm glad you came back to it. So, because, you know, I had never done a project that big. I had never done a project that extent. I mean, it had nothing. It had no pipes. It had no walls. It had no plumbing. It had no ductwork. It had nothing. It was just sidewalls, front facade, and floors, not even steps. I didn't see upstairs so. I think at you know months into the project probably they must have got some stairs because it was crazy. Yeah. But you know what I did learn from that project is everything can be fixed. Everything can be. I mean, people build a house on on a dirt pat on a dirt ground and build up an entire house. So if anything breaks in it, you can fix it. It's just going to cost, and you know you got to figure out how to get it done. But it can be fixed. It's not like oh my god, something happened and I lose my entire investment. It's over and done with. And that's that what right there is a powerful point. I got to slow down on that one. Everything can be fixed, right? Because a lot of times you talk to people who are investors or developers and they get like so, like when it comes to a house, they get so upset. Like this has to be this way. Like everything can be fixed. Mm-hmm. What you just said is like real because you can take a piece of ground, like you said, and build the structure there. Everything can be fixed, yep. right? Some things cost more than others. Yep. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that you can't fix in a home. Absolutely. And once once I got that into my mind, it, it put me at ease a lot you know then the then the issue was well damn how much is this gonna cost but that's a whole different set of concerns but the issue the issue at hand is going to be fixed it has to be fixed you've got the professionals in place to fix it so you know let's just get it done yeah so i got a question for you i have a question because jim you slandered and i mean absolutely slandered uh the professionals that work inside these homes sometimes so what would, who would have, did the professionals that work inside your home were they as bad as Jim says? Uh, were the contractors as terrible as Jim says they? Are? <laughs> I just got bad with them. No, not just me. A lot of people do, but you know, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm also in Philadelphia. There's a lot of trash contractors in Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure it's trash in Baltimore too. So, um, I still got beef with my contractor. Damn. But he he's he does amazing work. My contractor does amazing work and he's he's fast. He's not the cheapest, but he's fast as hell and he does great work. Um there was some stuff I had I had issues with him, yes. And um I'm you're gonna have issues with any contractor. Um, but there were some times I wanted to kill him. He was driving me crazy. He was driving me crazy. Like literally, I, I was losing my mind with this guy. Um but the crazy thing is, I would 100% use him again. And the reason why is because, like I said, he does great work. He's fast. His paperwork is on point. And, you know, the, the thing that I don't, I know his shit. Yeah. I'll get a new contractor. I'm going to have to figure out their shit and figure out how to mitigate their shit. I don't want to have to do that. I know my contractor's shit. 
So I know how to mitigate any things that I, all the things that I know are going to come. I know if you got an issue with A, B, C, or D, I know what we got to do to make sure we address A, B, C, or D. If I get another contract, I have no idea. I don't want to have to learn somebody else again. And trust me, they're going to have some stuff. All of them have some stuff. I'd rather deal with the contractor who shit that I know and I can deal with than some unknown shit. Hey, man, look, does he come to Philly or he just down there in Baltimore? <laughs> <laughs> Because listen, paperwork straight, um, it's fast and does good work. Like, you know, that's hard to find. Those three things right there are hard to find. But he's not the cheapest. So, you know, you you pay, you're going to pay for that. Yeah, you're going to pay for that. Yeah, you got to pay for it because he, he actually does what he says he's going to do. Yeah. So you're going to pay for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. As they say, the problem three. is when you pay for it and they don't do what they say they're going to do. Exactly. Exactly. And that's when you, that's when you really got a problem. But he, he never, he always... And the good thing was, you know, when you do it like a two or three K um kind of kind of situation, you have that hug consultant that that you know is the middleman yeah. between up in the bur in the bank. So anybody running off with nothing, you know. That's so, true. That's true too. That's true too. But also some contractors can't even take two or three. Like you have to ha have all your stuff straight to be able to even work with that. Yep. And his I mean his 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 paperwork is phenomenal. His, his you know, yeah. his documents is phenomenal his bids are phenomenal like everything is broken down how it needs to be broken down so that we know where we can cut costs and where we can't cut costs you can always cut costs you know on materials you can pick different so so everything is kind of broken down so you know instead of one big number and and then you don't know kind of how you can you know fudge those numbers yeah that's awesome i'm glad to see that also that you you, you know you're doing stuff in baltimore because um like you said that overflow from dc I mean, the value will be there pretty soon. The only people I see, like you and um, and shot the Charm City buyers. I know they're out there doing their thing too. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I actually, it's so interesting. They they do they do great work. Charm City buyers. Shout out to Kiara and Khalil and the whole Next Gen family. They do amazing work in Baltimore. You hear me? I mean, to the point where um, I joined Next Gen, but okay. I I joined Next Gen after I had already purchased my properties and it was in the in the process of rehabbing and all that stuff. Because I saw the value in that in that group, it's not I didn't I didn't you know it's not like I was trying to get my foot in the door and I needed somebody to help me. No, but I see the value that they provide to the to the members of the cohort. I see the, the value that they provide to the community, and I joined them after I'm already invested. So it's not just for people who um, who who need help navigating this new process. Even if you are in it, like. The, the 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 level of community development that they're onto like it's just it's just amazing stuff that they're doing so sh definitely shout out to them yeah yeah, yeah. I, I see their work from a distance and it's, it's definitely appreciated so yeah shout out to them yeah. um and you're continuing to invest in Baltimore you got a new project so actually the project um that I just posted recently on my Instagram is a is a um group group project with some folks in um at Charm City okay. So, that's our next project that we're working on. So I'm I'm really really excited about that. So this will be my first flip project. Um, okay. Everything else I've gotten is buy and hold, but this will be my first flip project, and I'm and I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, you, some, you 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 making a move move. Listen, 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 you're doing a thing, man. And the crazy part is like there's some big beautiful homes in Baltimore. Like every time I see y'all post, I'm like, yo, that's a you know in, in Philadelphia we have them too, but there's only certain areas that we have them. Like you know, you go to Germantown, they got some big beautiful homes too. But Baltimore, even though those row houses are just huge. Yep. They're they're massive inside, huge tall ceiling. They're, they're they're amazing spaces. And it's just I just know once everybody is onto it, 
they're going they're going they're going to scoop everything up they're going to yeah. take and, and then it's going to be enough for dc you go you want they're going to have to beat me to it because i got i got a question for you off air I got um, <laughs> <laughs> try to get that of baltimore now <laughs> My question is is about you know people you know I don't like to do out of town stuff unless it's a team in place you know what I mean so I gotta I got you know we'll all right talk. man say 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 yeah yeah we'll talk come on man save that save that this is this this is about Nairobi and her story man because I think it's very powerful right for to see someone um who dedicates their life to social work into into the community but then also recognize you can do the same you kind of like merge the two things together like the whole business part but also the social part um. Yeah. And, you know, and you're also active in, in terms of preaching people about the power of ownership, as are we, right? You know, as evidenced by your hoodie, which is amazing. And I want to make sure I put the link to that so everybody can go support, um, you know, your, your movement of, because uh, I think it's good to even see stuff like that, right? The, the hoodie, own some shit, like that, that's that's the motive, right? So yeah. um, once you got into that and you started selling that, what made you want to like start to spread the gospel? That's so interesting because nobody really asked me that question. And um it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, we always used to see hashtags with a name afterwards where something tragic is happening. We always we started associating hashtags with um, a very um, somber or sad or violent or, you know, oppressive kind of thing, you know, with a hashtag Sandra Bland or ha- hashtag Trayvon Martin, you know, yeah. there's always something negative. And, and I wanted to... I wanted to kind of change the narrative around it a little bit and try to promote something that's uplifting and positive so that we aren't only identified by a hashtag in a negative sense. Um, absolutely. Hashtag Sandra Bland, hashtag remembrance. Remember those people and make sure you keep saying their names. Um, but also, let's also promote something um, positive for us as well. Um, so they were not always inundated with just the negative around it. So that was kind of how it started, sort of. And I just thought of it one day and was like, you know, let me just, I just, let me just try this out. And, you know, I just, I just did it. It was just, it really was on a whim. I went on, you know, YouTube, figured out how to do it and just did it. And that's, that's what's up. That's what's up. Like, you know, keep spreading that message because that's the hashtag. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I saw that. I saw the hashtag when you start. I was like, yeah, that's the hat because I use the hashtag all the time, too. Right. But and I, I think it's I probably, I probably owe you some money or something because I, I don't know. Like, no, I probably, no, listen, 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 I'm cool with it. I, listen, because when I when I no. started it years ago, I stole it, too, though. I'm going to tell you where I got, I'm going to tell you where I got it from originally. Where I got it from originally was um Ron Finley, the dude that says grow some shit. Right, oh, okay. he's he's to always like he's he's to be out there preaching about like growing um plants and all that, uh-huh. and you know that was his thing. So I said own some shit, but like look, you know we our hashtag is by the hill. When I I'm all about community. So when I saw you doing, yeah. I thought it was powerful. I was like, listen, we gotta support that. Yeah. Like it's listen, yeah. we all family. So it's about um and I but I think it's fire to read that. Like so like even when I saw Malik with his shirt that says like real estate insurance, I was like having these messages on shirts are different than like you know hashtag RIP this or you know mm-hmm. um. That's why I'm glad you. That, I'm glad that was your response because I I thought that's what it was, but I wanted to ask you that because it is powerful to see that because you have a couple different like you know um logos that I see you guys wear mm-hmm. on some shit is one of them, but um definitely for the folks watching, please make sure you go support that because like you know these messages, these affirmations, we want to put them out there to the community. It's definitely um powerful to do that. Yeah, 
So what's what's the future? What's the future hold for you? What are you looking to do now? Um, further expand your real estate empire. What are you trying to get into? What's the future? Um, I, yeah, definitely more real estate. And I'm like, I think it was on um Clubhouse uh, a couple days, a couple days, maybe last week or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, another part of my story that I really didn't touch on is kind of how um how like my family is so interesting because everyone in my family has this 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 strong entrepreneur entrepreneurial. Um, spirit in in them. Um, my my brothers, my sisters, my nephews, like everybody is doing something powerful, doing these doing these things. You know, got a, a sister who has a, a STEM school. I have um, a, a nephew who runs KRT Cycling. I have my brother. He has a a, a, a vintage like um, furniture kind of place. Um, my other brother's in you know medical or medicinal marijuana, and you know. It's another system real estate. Like everybody's in stuff, and and we've always been in our own lanes, in our own different silos, working. We've always supported each other, you know, always as best as we can. But we're always like kind of in these different kind of silos. Um, but you know what we've started doing as of late, you know, post COVID, once we've been communicating more to check in and make sure everybody's okay, having these Zoom calls that everybody's doing, we really started saying, well, damn, you know. How can we start connecting all these dots? How can we start funneling each one of these businesses together so that you know we're all, you know, working together, you know, for the greater good? Um, so, you know, that's where I am now, like trying to figure out how we can do things collectively as a family. Um, and I was saying to Jimmy, you know, um, whoever was on that um, that that clubhouse, you know, generational wealth is always you know, talked about coming from higher up to us and then passing down. But you also got to think about passing things to the side and reaching out to the side, holding hands and, and, and coming together and trying to figure out a way to kind of to kind of keep this going. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I want to continue on with this real estate. Like, this is what I love to do. I am, I am passionate about it. Like, I'm just trying to I'm, I'm getting my formulas together now to figure out how many doors do I need to stop working my regular my regular <laughs> that's my formula i'm just trying to get there um but you know you know i'm also think so um i don't know if you guys heard of uh uh down north i mean up north pizza up north oh i did okay yeah 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 interesting my brother is part is owner of that as well um, oh Andrew, i didn't even know that okay. so he <laughs> No, down north. I'm sorry, down north pizza. It's, it's in Strawberry Mansion, I believe. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Amazing stuff. So he's, you know, he's thinking of, you know, possibly expanding. And he had the 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 good the amazing thing about that is um it's it's operated by ex offenders, and he he puts the, the storefronts and properties that have apartments up top, so the ex offenders also have places to live. So oh, I mean, it's it's it, it, it just makes perfect sense. That's amazing and, work. He's considering. Um, he's brilliant. He's, he's, he's he, shout out to Muhammad Abu Hadi. That's my brother. Um, so he's you know he's if he's thinking about expanding, why not come down to Baltimore? You know, like let, let, th that program would work anywhere. Yeah, it would work any in any in any city. So I'm just open to doing whatever it is that you know empowers the community, that helps the community, puts a, a couple of dollars in my in my pocket, and I, you know. Just, just, I just want, I just want to do well. You know, I always said at the end of the day, I just want my good deeds to outweigh my bad, and that's that's all I'm trying to do every day. That's powerful, because I, I mean, that's the thing. That's, that, and that, that's, I want to focus on that because it's, it's possible to do well 
and make a couple dollars at the same time. Like you can, you can actually do both. Right. <laughs> but yeah. when you shared that on Clubhouse the other day, I, it was like profound for me. Cause I never thought about it that way. I mean, you know, I went after I got off Clubhouse, I started texting my cousins and called my brother. I'm like, I feel bad now. No, cause what she said, because she's right. When we talk about generational wealth, we always talk about top down. Like, what are you going to leave the next generation or what's the generation before you're going to leave you? But we don't talk about reaching to the side. Um, and shout out to Tracy. Tracy talks about that in terms of like networking too. She says a lot of times we always trying to network up. We want to network with someone who we assume has more than us, right? And her thing is network to the side and help each other come up at the same time. And that's kind of like I got a similarity in what you're saying in terms of like with family, right? Look at your brothers, your cousins, you know, your sisters, and pull each other up, right? I think that's that's very powerful, man. And you know, I think a lot of us should um really practice that. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And, and and your brother's work is amazing too. We got to get him on here to talk about that that program because um I I I know I know exactly where you what you're talking about, but I didn't know that was their full program. I didn't know that was their program in terms of like having the ex offenders. That's the way they tied it together, right? You know, um starting where you started to where you are now and putting the work you're putting in now. What do you think has been the absolute biggest hurdle that you had to overcome? to get you to where you are now? Um, I overanalyze everything. Um, mm, okay. Overanalyze everything to the point it gives me analysis paralysis. It, it really does. Um, because I don't want to fuck up. You know, that, that, that's, that has always been my biggest fear. I don't want to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, so I run the numbers over and over. I, you know, I run things constantly. I'm always trying to figure out, okay, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Um, and and it becomes a lot. So that's that's been the biggest hurdle. Um, but I'm, I, I feel like I'm getting better at it. I, I feel like I'm getting more in the space of fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and see how it works out. Because I'm like this, this big project that I just, that I'm working on now, like, um, I didn't, I didn't do it by the book. I didn't do it, you know, how most people would tell you to do a, a project like this. Um, but, you know, I want, I want people to learn from me. I want, I want to be able to teach people how to do things. And more importantly, I want to teach people how not to do things. Like, watch, look how I messed up. Like, I, this is not the way to do this. So make sure you don't do this. So if anything, I'm, exa- I'm, a, I'm an example of, if not what to do, absolutely what not to do. Got you. All right. That's powerful. Um, yeah. Last question I have for you is this, though. Um, What is a book that has inspired you, your favorite book uh, that you read or have read? Um, I'm not a I'm not a big leisure reader. Like when I was in mm-hmm. in school, I had to read and it was it was overwhelming. So I, I never I, I didn't I didn't I didn't read for pleasure much. Um, but what I can say um and this is this this is this is the easy answer, but sometimes the easy answer is the best answer. So um my relationship um with money was always kind of like I didn't have I did I had an odd kind of relationship with money. It wasn't a big thing to me. I wasn't like didn't want to be a billionaire, um, but I, I wanted to be comfortable. Um, but I, I never was I, I I realized I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to just be to, to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable. Make sure my kids are comfortable. Make sure my family is comfortable. Um, and um, I had a paradigm shift when um, Eve sent me like a book to like something she was writing. 
some stuff that she was writing on. So I'm looking and I'm reading and I'm like, yo, like this is this is this is some good shit. Like this is like this is this is some great stuff. Like, and it was resonating with me. This was a couple. This was you know years ago. Mm-hmm. And then you know when she finally combed through all the kinks and got everything ironed out and and put out the full package, mud to millions. Yep. It it is. I'm telling you, it's such a simple book, and I don't mean that in any kind of negative way whatsoever. But it is a it is such a simple book. You don't finish that book with any questions like, well, well, how do I do? No, it is it is laid out in the simplest of terms how to get where you need to be and how to do it. And I think that was the kick in the butt that I needed to kind of change my paradigm with my relationship with money um, and how to get to a space where I am comfortable and maybe wealthy, maybe rich at some point, but just in a, in a, in a, in a good, decent financial space. And also for my children to also be in that space, not when they're 40 years old trying to figure it out, but when they're 12 and 14, you know, getting started knowing how to get to that space. So by far, it's a perfect book for me and also a perfect book for my kids. Yeah, I, I was hoping you said that. <clears throat> I was hoping you actually said that because because we we definitely promote Isha's yeah. book. It's like we don't we don't promote the uh the, the purple and black books no more. All we do is like uh we, we promote our own folks. Yeah. And, and, and Mud the Millions is absolutely powerful. I read it and, and it's 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 written in a way also is like you know like someone's having a conversation with you. So um shout out to each that book is powerful. Um make sure everybody make sure you go get it. I'm gonna put the link to that. In the description as well, um, mud to millions because it's, it's definitely a powerful read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm absolutely glad you said that. I was thinking, I was like, well, let me see where she's going with this. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's let's see where she's going with this. Yeah, it's, Listen, it's, it's such an easy, quick read, and it's it's so good. It's like it's so profound. It's like so spot on. So boom, like that's yeah, it. And a lot of it's about discipline, right? So. Man, that's that's dope. Listen, I also want to mention this too while you're on here. You have an amazing design sense, right? I saw a post you put up where you did like a before and after of your kid's room. Did you do that yourself? I did. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I was like, I you was your calling. You could have been like an interior designer. Like, so look, this is what happened. Um, my kids, um, not, I'm not gonna go too far in the weeds, but they were at their dad's for um for for a semester, which never gets to happen because their school is closer to here. But because of COVID and virtual learning, they can be anywhere going to school, which is absolutely amazing. So we got a, a semester off. We got, I got a break for a semester where they went to dad and I said, you know, um, they're coming back home. I want to do something special for them. So I said, okay, I'm going to redo their room. So initially I did my daughter's room because it was her birthday. She'd been asking for her when to get done for a long time. I said, okay, I'm just going to do it. Then when hers got done, I looked at my son's room like, oh my God, I can't have him coming home <laughs> for this shit. <laughs> and his room is just amazing. So I said, okay, let me just do their room also. And the, the, the trippy thing about it is I never went to a, a single store, ordered everything online. They delivered everything. Like everything was ordered on Amazon, Wayfair, not to get plugs yeah. anymore. Like just order everything online. They shipped it to the house, and that was it. Just did everything, and and that was it. And they loved it, and they loved it. 
I don't think oh, I've man. seen him about twice since they've been home. Oh, <laughs> I want to come out my room even. You did that. To <laughs> yeah, it was like a, it was like um in the way you posted it online, it was like a one of those HDTV before and afters. Yeah, I said, said Dan, I really missed her calling, and she killed that. Yep, yep. They loved it. I and I enjoy it. Like I, I enjoy doing those kinds of things. I, I, I like beautifying things. I like changing things from not so good to really, really good. And and because you know you feel good about yourself when you're in a space that looks good. Mm -hmm. So this virtual learning thing is hard for everybody. This COVID shit is trash. It's hard for everybody. So at least if you're going to be stuck in this house, at least be around things that make you feel good and you know, you feel good in your environment. So that was, that was the whole point of doing. Yeah, that was dope. So I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, your, your tenants probably love you too, because I'm pretty sure you beautify their places. So <laughs> I, I, get, I gave a nice little welcome basket. I saw that too. I, I was like, Oh man. I saw I that too. Wrong the whole time. She showed that uh, on your on your time and space. I need one of those for my next ten. Listen, I, I got you. I got you. Listen, we're gonna send you. We're gonna send you a box of those so you can take care of that. Listen, I, I thought that was amazing. I was like, man, I feel bad as a landlord. I ain't never send nobody a welcome basket like that's but, fire. But also, I'm a little biased. I'm gonna do it for all my tenants. But this it's, it's so interesting. This particular tenant, I'm, and I know we gotta do it, but I just want to kind of. No, it's fine. Take it down. You got to, yeah, you got time. This particular tenant, um, you know, I was having a hard time like finding like how do I find a good a good tenant that fits this? You know what I want to do. Um, the tenant that I actually got, she's a student at um at one of the universities. Um, she is she graduated from Howard. I mean, she could have led with that. Now, yeah, yeah, there you go. I saw she had to put on her application. She could have left, <laughs> left everything off blank. <laughs> but um, she uh, was in a pharmacy fellowship program um, that you know is a, is a five year program. Uh, you know, they get us they get us stipend. So she, you know, she she had the things that she needed um, financially. She was good because even though COVID, the school paid for housing and all that kind of stuff. She was young, you know young um young black girl like i felt i felt a connection i was like you know what this is the perfect book for her for you know hopefully she reads it at some point while she's living here hopefully it'll be five years doing this whole program um and and i want to make a i want to make a good impression on the on the tenant so you know oftentimes people think that um tenants should be grateful to a landlord thank you for letting me stay here thank you for renting to me i'm grateful to my tenants Thank you, yeah. thank you for choosing this space. Thank you for com feeling comfortable enough in this space. Thank you for paying your rent on time every single month. Like I am grateful to my tenants, mm -hmm. and and that's the, and I, I see I see it the other way around oftentimes. And um, I I want if I got a good tenant, I want them to stay not forever, but you know for for a decent amount of time until and I want their next step to be purchasing their own home. No, so, and that's a great point because um. And me and Corey talk about this all the time. When I say every business, no matter what business, is a customer service business. Every single one. Every one of them, right? And the great thing about a landlord, and that's another reason why, like, you know, we, we start with by the hood. So by the hood, like we always say, it's not necessarily just about real estate. It's about buying into each other and loving each other. But when you are able to provide quality housing, and you mentioned that earlier, right? You go in spaces where you find a lot of, like, slumlords. And mo like in my experience, most of the slumlords don't look like us, but they rent to us. Yep. But when you can provide a quality housing and provide that experience, so I'm actually going to steal that from you um, in my next project. I'm going to um, do a welcome basket <laughs> that's, that's inspired by you. You had the fresh waters out there, the flowers. I was like, oh, man. When you think about it, anytime you move, the last thing you think about a packing is your like toilet paper. 
Like that's the most thing you need is some toilet paper and a shower curtain. How many times you moved into a new space and taking a shower and a butt naked shower because you don't have <laughs> like you that's that's how typically how it goes. So I get I give them a shower curtain, the clear shower curtain, the, the background one, and then you can put your, your special one up whenever you get it. Some toilet paper, some water, some hand soap, a toothbrush, and some toothpaste, like little things like that, just to get you through the first couple of nights until you can get to Target, until you can get to somewhere to get, you know, get the things that you need. Yeah, that's dope. That's yeah, dope. We like the bomb. Like you, you, like I would have never listened. I think I'm a customer service person. I would have never, un, in a million years, thought to do that. Like, yeah. I think I get that from my mom because she was always extremely hospitable. Like whenever anybody came to our, our house, they left. With, they left with shit. They left yeah. with some clothes or some food or you know a piece of furniture like it was it's not beyond us to give out furniture like oh you need a chair i got one downstairs take care. <laughs> that's like, dope take care folks like it's a village and you know i'm i'm, I'm not just here to it's, it's bigger than buildings it's about building you know what Ooh. i mean it's, it's, it's i think we it. found ourselves a show title <laughs> that was hard it's oh, bigger right than there. buildings yeah, it's like, yeah, write that down yeah go tweet, tweet that out that's a t-shirt too no, no, no. I said put that on the shirt. Yeah, that's yeah. a t-shirt right there. It's bigger than buildings. It's building. No, yeah. but you are right. And and it's to the point now where if your any of your tenants ever leave you and go somewhere else, they're gonna be like, Where's my basket at? Like, yeah. you know, I, my last place I got a basket. Like, what's this? So yeah. I think that's pretty dope. Listen, um, Nairobi, I just want to say thank you again for your time. Thank you for sharing your story, man. Thank you for being a good friend. Thank you for everything. But I really appreciate you sharing your story with our audience because I'm pretty sure that you know there'll be someone who could take something from this. Um a lot of us are doing amazing work out there, but we come from all walks of life um, and we all have different, different ways. So that's the one thing I want to talk about too, because um, having conversations with young folks online, they're always comparing themselves to this person or that person. Everybody has their own journey, right? So um, you have your journey, Corey has a journey. I have my journey, but you know, as long as we are here trying to do positive work, that's what it's really all about. And we see you trying to do positive work and want to highlight you and give you your flowers. So thank you. I appreciate that so much guys. Like I, I really, really do. And you, Y'all always shout me out, like whenever. And it, like you said, give people flowers while they're here. Like it really feels good. It feels like I'm doing something right. It feels like I'm doing something positive. I'm doing something good, um, which is which is all I want to do. I want I want to make my mom proud. I want to make my kids proud. I want to I want to do good shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do good yeah. shit. Like, like, <laughs> another t-shirt. <laughs> Man, Corey, you got the last one. We got to hit, brother. <laughs> I just I love the work that you do. Right. Mm -hmm. So and it, it, and it makes me feel proud to have just been in the same presence in the same circle as you know like being being doing this show right we get to talk to a lot of different people and the energy all like I feel I always walk away from these joints feeling energized because of the work that the people are doing and, and the way that you are helping people and the way that your brother is helping people. And it's like, it's not just like you said, it's not just about the buildings. It's about building. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people can't see that. And so it, it, it warm, it, it's a warm feeling inside, right? Because, you know, I, you know, the world kind of cold. But then when you get these warm feelings, it just feels different. So I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you. I really do, guys. I really do. Yes, and to our audience, make sure that you uh, follow Nairobi. We're going to put her Instagram link on her different, uh, you know, information within the description of this show. Um, you know, whether you're watching on YouTube and if you listen to the audio, we're also going to put it in the show notes. Um, make sure you follow and see what she has going on as she continues to do the work in the community and, and, and build up Baltimore and beyond. So 
Thank you again. And for our folks out there, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll see you guys next year in the next episode. Peace.